yeah, I think it was just the intuitiveness, the creative part of it, that was natural for me. Like I knew how to sort of use creativity, but in terms of the actual like learning how to sing, learning how to compose, all that stuff, I had to really, really work at it um, and just trial and error. Episode 30 of Measured Voices finds me sitting down with Brandon Thomas from Brandon Thomas and the Nightjars. Ahead, Brandon and I will talk influences, including his dad, how the electronic company Casio helped him get started, and staying excited about performing older material. We'll also talk about Brandon's use of software, his previous lack of use of social media, and his desire to do more playing live. I'm Walt Huntsman, and this is Measured Voices. Let's let's start by uh, uh, describing uh, your music for people who aren't familiar with it. Well, how would you describe it to them? Uh, well, that's always a tough one because I like to uh, explore a lot of different uh, genres throughout the years. I've listened to a lot of different kinds of music. Um, you know, as being young, I listened to a lot of pop stuff, pop music of the day, which uh, you know. But I actually took notice of the records my dad played, which he listened to a lot of the classic rock, stuff like that. And um, I found myself going back to that as I got older and eventually just getting into, you know, more singer-songwriter type stuff, obviously, which is what made me want to write my own stuff. And uh, But then I kind of went into jazz and blues and, um, you know, I got into Bob Dylan, so... It just kind of went everywhere. I, I don't like to limit myself, right. um, but I also like funk and a lot of the dance stuff, um, you know, electronic music. It just kind of... So I guess alt-rock, when they came up with that term, I was like, I guess that kind of fits because <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, what is alternative rock it's, anyway? Yeah. It's almost like Americana. It's one of those where just you know, 900 styles kind of can fit. Sure, if you, yeah. If you look right. Uh, you talked about the records your dad listened to. What what kind of stuff was uh, was he into? That uh... he he had really good taste. Uh, he liked the, you know Creedence Clearwater, the oh, Beatles, yeah. Pink Floyd, uh, Climax Blues Band, things like that. Uh, War, so real good selection of uh, talented musicians and stuff. So so he gave you a lot of different styles yeah. to listen to. So okay. yeah, um, who. Who would you say um, would be the biggest influence on you of, of all those different artists and styles that you listen to growing up and even now as a singer or as a songwriter? Is there anyone that stood out for you? Well, my dad is a huge Beatles nut, um, and I I love the Beatles a lot. Uh, it's in terms of if I had to pick the band that I've listened to the most and that has probably influenced me the most, it's probably probably the Beatles, which is, I know, the obvious answer. Uh, but Lennon-McCartney just wrote so many amazing songs. It's uh, If you're going to look to somebody for inspiration, that's a good place to do it. About well, 50 years on, they're still, it's still they're going. They're still influencing yeah. people. Yeah. Now, you play, you play piano and you play guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is there an instrument that uh, you don't play that you, you you wish you could tackle? Yes. Well, I wish I could play better lead guitar. That's uh, I, I play okay rhythm and uh, you know enough to compose music and pick up an acoustic and and uh, but I wish I could solo. Uh, but I get some great guitar players to work with me on. Like this last album I did had uh, my good friend from Portland, 
which is where I'm from originally. And he, uh, he's an amazing guitar player. But yeah, I'd love to be able to play anything uh, if I could get my hands on it. Uh, I haven't. I play a little harmonica, uh, but I'd love to play saxophone, horns, oh, yeah. trumpet. Drums was actually what I originally wanted to play when I was in band, and my dad said no. <laughs> Which I still give him uh, give him some flack for that because you know he's just like, what well, you know would have driven us nuts, you know would have driven us nuts uh, having that banging going on constantly. <laughs> but I really was drawn to drums, and every time I see a drum set, I want to jump on it. I can't really do much, but I'd love to. I kind of envy drummers. It's such a cool being able to bang out all that aggression, you know. Well, we're and we're going to talk about uh, your songwriting a little bit uh, as we as we go on. But uh, you mentioned the drums got me to thinking. When you're writing, do you ever are you ever able to hear? Some some of those rhythms as you're yeah as you're writing yeah I think sometimes um, it's really different every time you know uh, sometimes uh, it comes to me like just just like you say just the rhythm and then you you sort of see if you can get down and duplicate that um, and then uh, go from there sometimes it, you know it's the chords first and then you add the rhythm to it. I find that a lot happening lately. I don't know if it's just because of the way things are with the DAW software now. You, you, uh, I usually will have the basic chords, and I won't have the rhythm, and uh, <laughs> then I have to find it. So then I'm inserting these different drum patterns. I'm like, no, that's not it. That's not it. And I, and I find myself changing it almost up to the last minute, which uh, just trying to find that perfect yeah. beat, that perfect rhythm part. So, well, at this point, I think we're gonna give. Uh people who aren't familiar with your music, a, a taste of uh, what you what you do. What uh, what song, you can tell us about what song we're going to listen to first? Uh, I, one of them is Black Coffee Blues, and okay. that uh, goes back to the my dad's influence, and it also has uh, the guitar player Jake Herrick that I mentioned uh, on it, and he's a fantastic uh, player. And it's just, uh, and I wrote the words, it's just my interpretation of all the blues I've heard over the years, and it's about... Uh, a man being accused of cheating when he hasn't really cheated, but his woman's so furious she takes a shot at him and ends up in jail. And it's 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 the typical standard. <laughs> it's happy happy song. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds happy, but it's not happy. No. It's, All right. it's it's kind of fun, yeah. Okay, so we'll listen to Black Coffee Blues. Yeah. 
Yes, I found it hard to speak When the aim she had was good Well, I said I'd never do that, babe Well, you know I never could The trigger went back anyway And she began to shout Trigger went back anyway She began to shout Well she called me things I can't repeat And she blew the window out may be black and hot but I'm cold as ice inside this coffee may be black and hot but I'm cold as ice inside cause my woman sits inside a cell and there's hatred in her first start writing or, or feel like you wanted to start writing uh, so i always say 11 like i'm not really sure but i what really started the whole thing with me even thinking about music was my cousin uh got a little casio keyboard one of those little tiny things and it had these four sample pads on it okay. which we thought were the most amazing thing you know you could you could speak into it press the button and uh it would just repeat it and then you could put it on the key so then it did the low and the high and we just were fascinated with it and we started doing these little rap things and silly songs and that was that was really the beginning of it and i i said i want one of those and i begged my parents to get me a keyboard which they finally did <laughs> and that that was kind of where i started but it was all really silly uh very <laughs> uh, very simple we even banged on folgers coffee cans oh, at go. one point and just recorded that it almost sounds like a forerunner of uh, what, what sampling, I guess. <laughs> with the, with the, you know, the bang the... Yeah. So, what about the first song that you wrote that you felt, okay, now, I, now, I've got something here. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say because, uh, you know, it, it just it slowly got better and better. Um, I bring my dad up a lot. He wasn't very impressed with the stuff I was doing around that time <laughs> and uh again he apologized he's like I, if i had known you would have got as good as you got i wouldn't have 
you know, discredited it so much, but, you know, he didn't know, and, and it did, it was terrible. I have those tapes, and I listen to them, and go, oh, man. I wasn't one of those natural, uh, I had to work at it, you know. Um, I mean, I think it was just the intuitiveness, the creative part of it, that was natural for me. Like, I knew how to sort of use creativity, but in terms of the actual, like, learning how to sing, learning how to compose, all that stuff, I had to really, really work at it, um, and just trial and error. So, you know it, all about that. <laughs> it's hard to know when the first, you know, it was probably a couple of years after that where I wrote something halfway decent. I think the first thing I ever did on piano was just like, a, you know, finding two chords that kind of sounded nice together and ding, ding, and then just repeating that, singing over it and going, oh, I, I have a song, you know. <laughs> Same thing with guitar when I first got an acoustic, which was quite a bit later, I found E and G. In fact, I think my dad showed me the E chord, you know, just holding down those two strings, and I just had E and G, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm off to the races now. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you add I mean, those, those early, this isn't very good uh, kinds of moments? No. Did that, did that, it obviously didn't discourage you, but did it, did it drive you to get better then? Yeah, and I think at the time I probably thought it was great, you know, I probably thought it was brilliant. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, it's just now, in retrospect, I I knew that it was, it was pretty terrible stuff. But um, yeah, I, it did encourage me because I was like, well, wow, I did that. Now, what can I, I? I still do that to this day. Like this last album I did, as soon as I finished with it, it's like I immediately want to do new stuff. I think probably most songwriters mm -hmm. or musicians are like that. You work on something for a long time and immediately when you're done with it, it's like, I can't wait to do something new. Um, I don't like to rehash. I always like to try something. I kind of like that as soon as I write a song. It's like, okay, I'm ready. What's next? Sure. Um, now, you talked a little bit about the, the songwriting process that you kind of go through uh, and how it, it really does kind of vary from song to song. Has that, how has that evolved over time as far as your approach to I, I wish it had evolved more because uh, I still find myself really scattered and I just I'm one of those people that's really messy uh, disorganized kind of chaotic and I I've tried every time I do a new album or a project or whatever it is I say well this time I'm gonna get organized <laughs> and it never happens I'll say only work on one song and stick with that song till it's finished then move on that's never happened uh, before you know it, I've got six that I'm working on, and they're all in shambles. None of them are complete, and, you, and I bounce back between them because I get bored. I think that's the problem, <laughs> is uh, I just get really bored, and I, I can't stay working on the same thing over and over again. I, I hear you about not being organized and focused. That's why we record in the living room and not in my office. <laughs> <laughs> Papers everywhere. Sure. Um, now, would you consider, you, you talked about having six different songs in the works right. possibly at one time so are you a, do you consider yourself a prolific writer then people have said that about me uh i do tend to come up with a lot real quick but lately i've been discarding a lot of stuff mm -hmm. which i when people say yeah you have so much stuff i'm like well you should hear the stuff that i've discarded i i've, I've done a lot of that lately and i I had to just accept it where I, I've written complete full songs with bridge, chorus, the whole nine yards, and I'll record it as a demo and 
and I just will never go back to it, which is kind of sad, really. Uh, sometimes I have gone back to them, but there's definitely ones that have just completely been forgotten. And I always take it as, well, if it was that good, you wouldn't have forgotten it, right? <laughs> well, I was going to ask about that. You know, if, if you've gone back and, and to a, a song that you kind of had finished and, and set aside, either forgotten about it or just moved on to the next thing and gone back and, and either listened to it or looked at it and thought, well, maybe I can do something with this after right. all. Is that does that happen very often for you? I'm getting, I'm warming up to it, the idea of that more and more. It's funny because my, my brain goes in a certain way, and one of the ways it goes is uh, you're past that now. Like you wrote mm -hmm. that two years ago, and now you should be writing about the current time. Then your mindset is in a different right. place, so why would you want to go back to that? But songs should be timeless. It shouldn't matter, and besides, that's just you. Uh, you're the only one that sees that or feels right. that. Like the person listening to the song, uh, anybody else is just going to think whatever they get from it. Yeah. You know? How much? How much uh, do you work on revision when when you, you know, you've got a first draft of a song out? And how, many, how much more goes into it before maybe before you take it to other band members and say, okay, here's here's what I've got. You know, what do you? Um, yeah, it's. The, the band I'm working with now, um, I'm kind of, you know, separating the, the stuff I do on my own because I record my stuff pretty much by myself. And then with the band, I consider that more of a... Because um, I like to do strings and, mm -hmm. and horns and a lot of different tracks. And it's stuff you just can't produce unless you got, you know, a ton of band members. Right. So... Uh, I always look at the band as we're just doing a completely alternate version of the song. But in terms of changing things, I I try to keep an open mind about that stuff. Like, uh, things can always change. I never used to be like that. I always used <laughs> to feel like it, that is what it is and you can't change it, leave it as it is. Otherwise, you're messing up the, the essence of the song or something. But uh, some of the best stuff comes from, you know, molding it and messing with it. I hear you. It, it, it took me a long time to get comfortable with revising because, well, that's that's it. You know? Right. And and now I now I'll change stuff all the time. So it's, yes. <laughs> so, so do you, you use a, a you you lay in all the tracks, all the different instrument tracks yourself using using software then? Or, yeah. Okay. Uh, I just recently, well, not just recently. Uh, this last album I did was the first album I've done with. Uh, a, a digital audio workstation, which is a term that I just learned recently too, because <laughs> I have a, a buddy who does music and I, I'm always behind. I don't keep up too much on the technology because right. to me it's more about the creative stuff, mm -hmm. but uh, it's a necessary evil, just like the business uh, marketing and all that stuff. I'm not really interested in it, but it's probably why I haven't really gotten as far as I would like to get. Um, I'm just not real good at selling myself. But in terms of the the audio stuff, I, I have recently updated. I got a, a Mac and um, I use uh, Logic Pro X. Okay. You know, and uh, man, I, my buddy who lives in Portland, he does R&B music. He was like, no, man, this is where, what you need to do. You need to just get a, a nice computer that will run a, a digital audio workstation and get an interface. And he gives me the whole skinny. 
And so I researched it a little bit and I got it and it was just the, the, the freedom that it gave me just was amazing. Um, the stuff they have nowadays is so amazing for any budding songwriter musicians. I mean, you can record a whole song on your phone with uh, an app. It's crazy, man. Do you find it opens up a whole new avenue of creativity for you? Yeah, yeah. No, it really did. I what I was doing before is I had I still had a digital A track audio, you know, a little Tascam, and I was still tracking things like normal and running it into a. I still had a, a DAT. That's how behind behind I was. I was recording on a digital audio tape, and then I of course had to, you know, load that or into my computer and then burn that to CD, and it was just this process where now it's just boom you record it right into the off the mac off the off the computer itself and it's right there you can mix it down you can master it you can do all that stuff since since you uh don't play violin and and for people who maybe aren't familiar with how the software works do you basically then play it on a keyboard and then yeah. have it come in yeah as a violin yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised to realize that my old Roland keyboard could be used as a controller, which is, you know, you can just play any instrument on your software by using your, your controller, which, like I say, for me, it might be late news, old news for a lot of people, but for me, I, I was just switching for the first time, like, because I was like, I want the knobs, I want to be able to touch and see what I'm doing, right. but I really, really like it. It's it's so much fun, so much and and the ease of being able to do you know as many takes as you want to and uh the loop function where you can just sit there and do a four bar loop over and over again and right. and then just go through and listen to all 16 of them go it's number 7 you know it's well, almost like having your own orchestra it's fantastic yeah <laughs> yeah well at this point why don't we uh, maybe hear another song what uh what should we listen to so uh i also had um this is a, a much slower one. It's a piano song called Intrusion 3. Um, it's it's a bit of a, a ambiguous song. So I don't know. I don't want to say too much about it. Kind of one of those ones where I'd like people to take whatever they want from it. Okay. That sort of thing. All right. Intrusion 3. Be alone. Oh, 
Save it, disconnect the phone Leave to each his own I don't call it my reality Call it my reality songs now, uh, and you're working on a, a new album. Yeah. Uh, if I, uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, I like it a lot more. <laughs> like I was saying before, I just I'm always excited about the new stuff and the old stuff's so like yeah, I guess I guess I have to throw this in. Like with the band, they really like one of my older songs, and I've played it with so many bands. Like when I was back in Portland, and I'm just like this song to me is like. Uh, like walking that's how it's playing it is just so uh 
dated for me, but they love it. So I just have to stay excited about all of it or try to, but I really like the new stuff. Um, I feel it is my best stuff. And uh, I have actually, the guitar player that's in my band plays on the album and my bass player plays on a couple tracks. So um, I'm excited about having them on it. And uh, it's just, um, I'm kind of incorporating some loops and samples and things, uh, which not so much on this last one. And uh, I'm trying to go for a sound that's more of a blend of the things that I like. Like I was saying, I, I do like some of the electronic music, and um, but I like rock and roll, but I also like pop. It is trying to find that balance is difficult sometimes, but I think I've done good with this one. That sounds like a pretty good challenge right there. <laughs> <laughs> It is. So what, uh, uh, do you have any rough timetable as far as when you hope to have the new album done? You know, I was thinking summer, but uh, I said to myself, take as long as you need with this one, because I don't want to, the last couple that I put out, I have two uh, CDs out on CD Baby, and mm -hmm. I really like them, and I'm, I'm not by any means ashamed of them, but I do feel like I always, I hate the feeling of, well, if I could go back, I would change right. this and this and this. So I really don't want to do that on this one. I really want to feel like, no, nah, it's as good as I can get it. But of course, that probably won't happen. But um, So I'm trying to give myself as much time. I hope sometime this year. Okay. I mean, I'm definitely well into the 14 songs that I'm working on. And it's just kind of a matter of fine-tuning them. But that's the part that probably takes the longest. Mm -hmm. Getting the basic tracks down, you can do that in one day. But then it's a matter of getting the sound right, you know. Okay. Now, you, you've mentioned a few times that uh, you're, you're kind of, uh, when it comes to the songwriting and, and, and the performing, you're, you're all about the newer stuff that you're working on, more than, more than not. Um, how hard is it for you to uh, get into the older stuff? I mean, when you play, when you play live shows, I would assume that you'd have to play at least some some yeah. of your older stuff. Yeah. Uh, how do you? Where do you? Uh, how do you get the energy or find that energy to uh, bring that song back to life for a crowd that maybe hasn't heard it or maybe really loves the song? Yeah. I one of the things I love about working with other guys is is their sort of interpretation of, of stuff. I, I always tell the guitar players that I work with and stuff. I you know I unless it's very specific to me and I hear it in my head, um, I usually say, you know, what would you do with this? And a lot of times they'll surprise me, and um, so it's really the other the other guys that take those songs and do something different with it, and uh, that that makes me excited, because I'm like, oh, well, that's like hearing it for the first time, or it's, it's a completely different, unexpected version, and then I just kind of roll with it, and that, that's exciting. But, uh, yeah, and then, and I, I don't hate doing those songs. I, I, I love them. You know, they're like, as the, the, the saying goes, they're like your baby. So I, mm -hmm. I definitely don't hate them or anything yeah. like that. But I just, I can't wait to get to the, right. the newer <laughs> one, you know. It's that sort of thing. Now, you've mentioned Portland a few times. You're originally, uh, you lived in Portland. Uh, yeah. What brought you to Idaho? As, yeah, I get that question a <laughs> lot. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of a complicated story, but I, the, I don't want to probably get into the details of it. I, as a lot of artists do, I think, you know, I kind of had some, um, some 
rough times emotionally, some, some depression I struggled with. And um, I had a particularly hard time where I, everything seemed to be crashing down. Uh, lost my job, um, you know, I couldn't afford my rent, uh, things were just bad. I had some uh, issues with relationships and things like that. So everything just all at once and I was just like, man. And uh, my cousin who lived in Ontario, Oregon, okay. um, said, why don't you just come down here? And he, he's the one that I mentioned before with had the keyboard. So we, we kind of started doing music together. He said, why don't you just come down here for a bit and... Uh, you know, hang out. I got an extra room, and I was really a generous thing that he did. And, uh, and so I said, okay. I never had any intention of staying uh, in that area. I was going to come back, but um, I ended up getting a job at the prison, Snake River Correctional, which was a very interesting, interesting job where I worked with inmates. And anyhow, I ended up liking the job so much that I ended up getting my own place and that's in Payette, Idaho, which was right. when I finally moved to uh, which, again, people were like, why are you here? Uh, I guess I kind of stuck out like a sore thumb over there. It, um, but I like Boise a lot, and uh, obviously or I would have found every way to come back. There's there's some things that I don't miss about Portland. I was there for 30-plus years, you know. And I, I love it's my city. It's, it's I'll always love it. Um, but I love Boise for different reasons. They're both clearly very different. And you mentioned the job that you, you got. Do, do you ever find or, or do you ever consciously try to draw on those kinds of experiences when you're writing? Well, I definitely got a lot of inspiration from that job uh, in terms of, I actually wrote a song on this last album um, that was, you know, very much inspired by working with all these troubled men that I worked with and, and that their situations, which was far beyond anything I've ever dealt with in terms of struggling, you know, and it, it is an eye opener, you know, um, and you have every spectrum of uh, humanity you can imagine. Um, and so, yeah, I, I wrote a song uh, called, um, uh, what's it called? Strange, stranger things have happened, and uh, really, what I'm doing is kind of talking to people that uh, are in a hole or in a place that they think they can't get out of, and kind of just speaking indirectly to say that you know, stranger things can happen. You can get out of it. You can you can make it to the light. You can you know get beyond where you're at, even though it seems hopeless. So, yeah. Now, you mentioned that job, and, and like a lot of uh, people in the Treasure Valley who do music, you, you have a full-time gig uh, outside, of the, outside of the music. Um, where would you say uh, the music fits as far as your daily life is concerned? And, where, and how does it fit in terms of your longer-term goals? What, where, where would you like to take it? Well, right now I'm, <laughs> I'm all in. Uh, other than the, the nine to five, which I don't work at the prison anymore. I did that for six years and I, I, I did decide to depart just because uh, the positives had sort of worn thin and it was time to move on. Um, but yeah, I, um, I was in a relationship uh, for pretty much the whole time I was in Idaho and uh, unfortunately that didn't work out. Um, 
And so now I, I have a lot more time to focus on the music and the band. And so it's, it's a pretty cool time for that. I'm really excited about that. So where, where would you like to take it? You know, at this point, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm at an age where it's more about, you know, what, what haven't I done? What would be, I, I want to play live. I'd love to uh, play as live as much as possible. Um, we've, it's really hard getting just four people together that get along. Right. <laughs> so, uh, we, the band has gone through many transformations. Uh, I think two or three years ago, I was in a band, it was still my band trying to do the same thing, three completely different guys. And now I have three completely different guys, but these guys I think are here to stay They're They're great players and we all get along great. And, um, you know, so I think we could finally start getting tight enough. I'm a bit of a perfectionist in that mm -hmm. sense. Cause I'm like, we're not quite ready yet. I want everything. I don't like hitting bad notes and <laughs> I want to get out there and just play a flawless performance, but it's like, you know, realistically, uh, we just want to get out and play okay. and get as good as we can get. Now, you, you mentioned earlier that the the technology, having to, to learn the technology was sort of a necessary evil and, and, and that uh, the marketing is a necessary evil. You don't really, at this point, uh, from what I can tell, have a huge social media presence. No. Like a lot of, unlike a lot of musicians, you don't, you have a Reverb Nation page, which we will link to in the show notes, but not a website at this point. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, is that something that you uh, did consciously or is it just something that you, you not been comfortable yeah, to? Or? I, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I think a lot of artists are shy people right. or introverts. Um, and I definitely am, uh, as I said, I struggle with a lot of things, with, you know, social anxiety is a huge mm -hmm. one. But uh, I'm not good at selling myself. And uh, <laughs> people get on me all the time about it. Like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Have you ever even sent your stuff out? And, you know, I get that a lot. And I always have these grand plans of, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Um, you have to kind of get fed up with yourself and go, no, no, now is really the time to do this. And that's, like I was saying before, that's kind of where I'm at now is, you know, um, like I just told the guys... Uh, I'm going to start documenting what we're doing, just start posting it, putting it out there and um, try to build it up. Uh, like you say, a social media presence, that's where it's at nowadays. Right. Um, but it is, it is tough for me because it always feels for some reason narcissistic, which is crazy. It's stupid, but it, it just feels like, oh, look at me check out how great I am. And I, I, I always was like, God, I wish somebody would just do all that for me because I don't want to do that. Um, so that's that's my that's my major setback. I I, I know what you're saying because uh, it took me a long time to get, you know even posting gigs on on, on Facebook. And I was yeah. like, oh, I don't see us. <laughs> I, 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 I saw your quote about you're finally ready to share your music with the world. Your songs. Yeah, with the it, world. it took a long time. Yeah, and, it's tough. And, and then and then to move from that to being able to try to promote yourself, that is a challenge. And it's, it's amazing how many people who do music are, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they are more introverted, or performers in general. I mean, you know, I recall uh, that uh, 
when I was younger, Johnny Carson, how how shy he was when he right. wasn't in front of that camera. And right. it's, a, it's almost like you have to flip a switch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, I, I always it's it's the procrastination too. There's there's you got the plan now. You just have to. It's really easy to just say ah later, you know. And uh, that's not a good mindset. You should always just just do it. Just go for it. It sounds like you're ready to, to maybe. I'm trying execute the plan. <laughs> yeah. So you talked about playing live, which actually leads into a question I had for you. What it, what would be with the band that you have now? Uh, what would be an ideal venue for for you? Um, well. I think Boise is. I'm still getting used to the the structure, and I I think there's a lot of bands and not enough venues. I'm sure you've discovered that is is finding. Um, I I definitely have some Portland in me in terms of my creative output and stuff. Um, I noticed that Boise is a lot more. Um, well, let's just say the the musical diversity in Portland is going to be a little bit bigger than here. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It's a good question. I, I'm, you know, we've played a couple times uh, with the current lineup, and uh, so we're kind of just getting started. Um, we may have a gig, but I probably shouldn't mention it now because I'm just in talks with somebody right, right now. We don't want to uh, do the same Yeah, so um, it's, it's all kind of happening right now at the moment we're trying to get it all uh, squared away we're working on about 30 songs which is quite a bit it's the most we've ever got up to uh, since i've start since i've been in idaho um you know it's it's a lot of stuff to learn and my songs are kind of notorious for a lot of changes and things so they're not easy to learn uh for for new members i, I found from talking to other songwriters that one of the challenges at least still in, in Boise is finding venues that actually are willing to pay. <laughs> sure. So uh, how does that how much does that factor in or, or at this point are you in a place that you want you just want to get out there and play or, or yeah. how do you balance that? Yeah. I mean there are some in the band that, that are more about the money and uh, I understand, I do, because you're doing a lot, you're putting yourself out there, but for me, it's definitely not about the money. I I, uh, I just would like to uh, to get out and perform. I, I think being a recording artist is completely different than being a performance artist. They're, they're completely two different things. They they mesh together and they, they're part of the same thing, but uh, it's just... Uh, that's the part that I've done the least of. I've definitely done a lot of recording, like probably too much. I've burnt myself out. I really want to get up and, and uh, interpret it live. Like that's what's exciting. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to trying doing more of that. Now, it, we talked about the work on the new album and, and the, the possibility of, uh, of the gigs uh, and, and wanting to get out there and, and do a little more uh, live performing. Anything else that uh, you've got on the burner for 2019 as far as... Well, I'm also into, uh, you know, uh, the album design. I, I'm trying to do something a little uh, more ambitious. Uh, and I'm, I'm 
trying to create something artistically. I also do some oil painting and things like that. Uh, I'm kind of, again, kind of scared to mention that because it might not work out. <laughs> I might end up scrapping the whole thing, but uh, uh, I'm into some photography and I'm definitely into video and editing and, and um, I, I'd like to try and do some, some great music videos to accompany some of the songs on the album, stuff like that. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, how, how do you, um, you know, as you were talking earlier about, you know, being excited about the new stuff and, and wanting to move to the new stuff, how do you keep the excitement when the song is written and then you have to go and, uh, and, and maybe start working on these other things like the video and the, and the album design and all of that? And how do you, how do you keep from, I don't know, short-circuiting, <laughs> as it were? It's true, because... I, I, by the time you finally get it done, I think, at least it's been my experience, you are sort of burnt out with all of it. Um, I guess you just kind of have to hope that the song is going to sustain uh, long enough to where you can, uh, you know, in terms of like making a video, I guess uh, it's just that that's, that's the ultimate source you're drawing from. So maybe you can find some new inspiration out of the song and the lyrics and go, this is how I internalize this uh visually and uh, that should make the song a little bit more interesting and maybe you'll be looking at it in a different way trying to interpret it into a different uh, art form you know, okay. like video or the album cover what uh, what else should should people know about you and your music um, <laughs> I, you know I, I don't know I, I think um, I would just enjoy uh, if someone likes the sort of stuff that I do. Um, I would be grateful, you know, if someone would tune in and give it a shot and um, maybe support support me in in the band and uh, support the music. Like I said, I got a couple CDs on uh, CD Baby under Brandon Thomas, um, and uh, the new one is going to be gonna be fun I, I uh, I'm really looking forward to that and uh, that's uh, that's kind of where my focus is right now and the band of course okay. yeah. well at this point I think uh, we can close out with one more song what uh, what's the last song we're gonna hear so it's um, this one's called just getting started uh, you know I try to pick three songs that were kind of diverse this one's definitely the most poppy of of them all um it's a sort of happy feel good uh love song <laughs> and uh yeah it's a feel good one so as as we're just getting finished <laughs> we'll, we'll listen to just getting started there you go thank you for joining me thank you very much
jump into the river, baby You'll find links to the new Facebook page for Brandon's band, along with links to his music on Reverb Nation and CD Baby, on our page, measured-voices.blogspot.com. If you like what you hear, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Measured Voices. Episode 31 features a conversation with songwriter Michael Brown. Until then, I'm Walt Huntsman, and this has been Measured Voices. Measured Voices.